The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo with big data and real-time and predictive analytics from the consumer to the enterprise. Learn how to help your organization move in exciting new directions. Here's your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you know you're in the right place. It's always true. Let's see what the buzz is today. I have a wonderful quote here from a very smart man named William Andrews McDonough. His Twitter handle is at Bill McDonough. He's an American designer, advisor, author, and thought leader. A young man born in 1951, I'm allowed to say that. And his career is focused on creating a beneficial footprint. Uh, He espouses a message that we can design materials, systems, companies, products, buildings, and communities that continuously improve over time from his lips to you-know-whose ears. Here is the quote we have selected, and I have to do a shout-out to our panelist and our regular featured guest here, Dave Katona, for sending this to me. Dave, I usually do my own buzz lookups, but you handed this to me on a silver platter, and I grabbed it, so thank you. Here's the quote. There's probably 5,000 times more solar energy than the humans will ever need. It's a celebration of the abundance of human creativity combined with the abundance of the natural world. Absolutely beautiful quote. So much optimism and so much forward-looking good things in there. So what are we talking about? Utilities are starting to grasp that the energy system of the future will fail without innovation while they're facing consumer demands for better service and environmental sustainability. Now, coincidentally, I did another live Game Changer show an hour ago on uh, supply chain, and we were talking about utilities and the supply chain, utilities, enterprise, asset management, EAM. We talked about exactly the same thing, and there's a PwC report that says the utilities market will quadruple by 2020, worth $6 billion worldwide, and they have to innovate. So that's our key. So how will utilities succeed? Oh, come on. You know what we're talking about here on Startup Focus. They have to use or partner with innovative startups who are thinking outside the box using innovative tech like AI, that's artificial intelligence, IoT, that's Internet of Things, and blockchain, and so much more. We have a panel of three experts who are going to help us do a deep dive into this very exciting topic. This happens to be Utilities Week on Game Changers Radio. Just turned out that way. Let me tell you who our panelists are right now, and then we will get started in a moment. So I will be introducing you momentarily to Dr. Christina Wertner, and she told me I could call her Tina. She is the Chief Financial and Strategy Officer at Enersys, E-N-E-R-S-I-S, Swiss AG. Joining her on the panel is a returning panelist, a returning guest. It's Ian Nazari, N-A-Z-Z-A-R-I, if you want to look him up. He's the CEO of 
Huru Systems, that's H-U-R-U, and both Tina and Ian will tell us what their companies do. And rounding out the panel, where would we be without our own Dave, Dave Katona, go to market for SAP America's Startup Focus. So let me circle around the table to Dr. Tina. I'll call you for now. Uh, Tina has sent us a quote from Johann Wolfgang van Goethe, German writer and statesman, if his name sounds familiar. He has written memoirs, an autobiography, literary and aesthetic criticism, poetry, prose, verse, epic and lyric poetry. He's written treatises on botany, anatomy, and color in four novels. Is that all? Uh, he has over 10,000 letters and nearly 3,000 drawings, and he lived from 1749 to 1832, quite the Renaissance man. If you're wondering why his name sounds familiar, think about Faust. Think about Prometheus. Think about names I can't even pronounce. But he was big on the Weimar classicism, romanticism in science, and Sturm und Drang. I'll leave that alone. Here is the quote Tina has selected from Goethe. Investigate what is and not what pleases. Tina Wertner, how are you? Welcome to Game Changers. Hello, everybody from Zurich, Switzerland. I'm fine. Glad. Good. Thank you for the interesting quote. I, I uh, have to say we've had a couple of quotes from Johann, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe in the past couple of weeks, so he must be regaining his popularity in the media. So tell me about this quote, investigate what is and not what pleases. How does that relate to our topic of utilities and startups? Tina? Well, uh, first of all, I'm German, so it was kind of mandatory for me to take a quote of one of our great <laughs> poets and thinkers. <laughs> Not too, too directly related in the first place uh, uh, to the topic, uh, but as a second uh, um, uh, second look, it has. Um, first of all, I think it describes quite well my personal attitude and ambitions, uh, but also those of the analytics startup um, that I work for. Um, I worked a lot in the field of strategy, and uh, most of the the time the task is to analyze, compare, define strengths and weaknesses. And not every business leader really likes to hear the outcomes, um, so that's the investigation, uh, what is and not what pleases. And we do actually similar things with our visual energy analytics software. Um, we try to provide objective transparency in this rather complex energy industry or, or ecosystem. Um, I mean, for some, the impact of fossil fuels on the environment and climate change is just an invention by the Chinese. For others, our planet is close to imploding um, if we don't switch off uh, or so switch to 100% renewables tomorrow. So what we try is really bring transparency in, 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 into all that uh, confusion uh, because I think at the moment a lot of people are just confused. Very interesting. I have a feeling you're absolutely right. What's your thought about the need for, I would say, massive, aggressive innovation in utilities if they're going to, not, not questioning their survival, but their ability to meet the market demands? What's your thought on that? Are you optimistic, Tina? Well, it's, uh, I, I think uh, we have to be optimistic, and I think the industry um, in the end has to change um, uh, because, I mean, there's a lot of demand from, from, from private side. Citizens are getting more aware. Um, of course, it's an industry that's not really used to, let's say, fast changes. Um, I mean, it's, they're talking about uh, investment cycles of 20 years. Um, it's an industry that has been protected or is still protected in many parts of the world uh, um, through regulation, uh, a lot of monopolies. So, I mean, in, in that environment, it is the 
difficult to change if there's no pressure. On the other hand, um, I mean, uh, climate change is, is quite obvious. Um, um, technologies are there to change, um, and, and, and we see innovative players, um, thank God, not only startups, but also the incumbents. So I feel positive. The th- things are going the right way. Good. I'm glad. We love a little optimism here, and that's what we're all about. Thank you, Tina. We'll find out a little more about your organization later. And now let's welcome back Ian Nazari, CEO of Huru Systems. And Ian has sent us a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, who uh, lived from 1858 to 1919. And interesting, I think he has a Twitter handle, or his legacy has a Twitter handle. It's President the President Theodore, P-R-E-S Theodore, I think so. He's, he's still very popularly quoted. I'm going to read the full quote that Ian has sent us, and, and I'll highlight the excerpt. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with the cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Wow, what a beautiful quote. Ian, welcome. How are you? I, I hope I did it justice. Did I read it well, Ian? Please say yes. It was perfectly, it, it was perfectly oh. executed. You're, you're a dear. Thank you so much. You're, you're, you're making me feel good. So talk to me. We're really looking at credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, not the critic and not the one who stumbles. So Utilities, startups, who's in the arena? Put me in context, please, here, Ian. You know, I, I, um, I, find, it, I find this quote so uh, apropos for the industry. Um, the challenges are immense, and, and the paradigms, uh, you know, the walls are coming down as we speak. Um, the way I see, uh, I think one of the most revolutionary areas in the world today is energy. Uh, and uh, with, with, um, with these changes come... Uh, some amazing challenges in terms of how we perceive um, what's going to happen in the next 20 years. I think that um, with technology uh, in this area increasing and changing exponentially every year, uh, the challenges are immense, are immense, and um, and at times daunting. Uh, and 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 it change it takes extremely courageous people uh, to be able to say, okay. I am going to dive in, um, come hell or high water, because I know mm-hmm. that the changes that I'm going to come, you know, bring to the table are going to be beneficial to not only uh, uh, a utility but to humanity in general. Very interesting. So we're talking the the future of civilization. You, you used such an interesting uh, metaphor, Ian, just a second ago. You said come hell or high water, which is interesting because utilities are in the business of all kinds of resources. So water might be one of the things they're providing. And let's hope that they don't have to go to that ledge, correct? Hell or high water? That's correct. That's Well, <laughs> they might get close to it. I hope they don't get to it. <laughs> you know? But I the changes cer- are coming. And it's, it's, uh, really, it's, it presents a wonderful opportunity. That's the bottom line. And 
And do you agree with what I mentioned briefly in the opening, PwC's uh, Industry Trends Report for Utilities, that the industry, the market for industry, will grow quadruple four times by 2020, which is not that far away, and it will be worth $6 billion worldwide? Do you think that's on target, on point? Yeah, I think the number is a little bit low, as a matter of fact. Whoa, um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. why? Um, because if you if you look at um, emerging markets and uh, the amount of energy that's actually been um, delivered, uh, it's it's just a fraction of what is required. Uh, the, the thing is that the technologies today are um, are going to enable uh, you know societies to to really fill the you know reach their optimum level, especially in emerging markets. And I think that if you focus on emerging markets, you'll see that the potential there is just astronomical. And untapped. I like, I like that. Yes, and, and potential is something that's a good thing, and we have to tap that. Thank you very much, Ian, and I understand you were under the weather, and we are glad you're well enough to join us today. So thank you for getting better on time. We appreciate that very much. <laughs> you, you, you targeted your wellness right to the moment we needed you on the air, and thank you. And now let's turn to Dave Katona, our go-to-market for SAP America Startup Focus. And Dave has sent a quote. I happen to like this one, and I think it applies to so many contexts, Dave. It's by Graydon Carter. Anybody? scratching their head and saying, who? Edward Graydon, G-R-A-Y-D-O-N Carter, born in 1949, also a young and as far as I'm concerned. He's a Canadian journalist, and he's been the editor of Vanity Fair magazine since 1992. And everybody's going, aha, that's who the editor is, if you didn't know. He also co-founded a satirical monthly magazine called Spy way back in 1986 with Kurt Anderson and Tom Phillips. Here is the quote, brief and to the point, and Dave's going to unravel this for us. Life is all about seating and lighting. And Dave, I think that was the context originally was intended for Vanity Fair in the fashion sense, but here we are talking about utilities and startups. So Dave Katona, welcome. How are you? Doing fantastic, Bunny. Thanks for having me. Oh, delighted. Hey, it's just about your series. We're doing a shout-out to uh, Christina Sosa, who is listening on the line, I know. And, Christina, we had to call Tina Wertner, Tina, so I could keep the two of them (laughs) distinct and separated. So shout-out to both of you for putting together a really interesting panel and topic. So, Dave, life is all about seating and lighting. You love the quote. Tell me, what does this have to do with utilities? Yeah, great question, Bonnie. So it's interesting. I actually uh, recently uh, read an article that uh, from an interior designer that actually used uh, this quote as an inspiration for an entire article. And it really comes down to, you know, originally this is uh, coming from a Vanity Fair perspective and taking a look at, you know, all the beautiful, you know, photography uh, that they have in Vanity Fair. Um, and uh, my, my friends have a running joke that uh, some of us are just built for luxury, no matter where we are or who we are. Um, and it, it comes down to a- aesthetics um, and uh, design. Uh, and you, you quoted Bill McDonough at the beginning of, uh, of this, uh, who has actually you know, started out literally as an architect and, and designer. And this really plays into the fact that uh, utilities have you know, uh, been around, uh, you know, forever. And th- things are changing, but it's really about how we live and what we need to, you know, live well. And it comes down to the design of buildings uh, specifically that are now, you know, nothing but glass letting and natural light where, you know, 20 or 30 years ago, it was all about 
smaller windows with fluorescent lighting. But uh, it really is about the aesthetics uh, around us. And uh, I sort of took inspiration from Bill McDonough and looked at uh, Graydon Carter's quote, and then it literally is about, you know, making the best of wherever we are and, uh, you know, making it look good. Very interesting. Very, very well put, Dave. I didn't know you had so much poetry in your soul. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> and, and Dave, I'm going to circle around the table, and now let's do a uh, the elevator pitch, meaning what does your company do before we ask you where you're calling from and what's in your cup today? Tina, Dr. Tina Wertner at Intersys Suisse AG. In 60 seconds, what do we need to know about your organization, Tina? Yeah, we provide visual energy analytics um, software um, that goes along the complete value chain. So we look into uh, the grid and asset management. Uh, we provide uh, new solutions or services um, for utilities that they can offer then again to their uh, customers, for example, a smart city platform focusing on, on, on energy, um, improving internal processes around the, the customer, um, and it's all built on a big data analytics platform, um, uh, which is called Grid, quite obviously linked to, to energy. Of course. And by the way, I read in your bio that you started your involvement with this company as a shareholder in 2014, and now you're the chief financial and strategy officer. How did you make that leap? That's an interesting path to get involved. What happened? <laughs> yeah, the founder of the company, um, of Enesis, uh, is an old friend of mine. We went to school together uh, for nine years. Uh, both ended up in Switzerland. Um, I originally spent a lot of time in the mobility field, and in 2014, he asked me whether I wanted to invest, and it looked quite promising to me. I did, and then it became even more exciting. Uh, we saw that the market is really uh, starting to take off in that uh, field of energy analytics, and so in 2015, I joined as the uh, CFO. Interesting, interesting. Quite straightforward, uh, but with a long history before <laughs> Yes, and I also noticed that we were talking about Gota, your, your quote today. Uh, you hold a doctoral degree from Johann Wolfgang Gota University in Frankfurt, Germany. So we've tied everything up into a nice, neat bow there. Very interesting history. Thank you, Tina. And now let's welcome back Ian Nazari. Ian, tell me about Huru Systems. What are you up to these days? Well, we are, um, as um, you already know a little bit about our history, but I'll repeat it here a little bit. We are a supply chain platform um, that provides visibility from birth of the products in factories. And uh, we apply uh, a patented system of uh, codification and packaging that allows the visibility of that asset um, throughout the life cycle of a given product down to individual people's um, until the products are, for example, installed in the field and when they're maintained in the field. Uh, so any, any um, change of uh, status of a given product uh, throughout its life cycle is actually recorded and actually managed. So we are a combination of asset management, materials management, and, um, and visibility and maintenance of that asset throughout its life cycle. Thank you very much, Ian, and welcome back. And Dave Katona, I'm going to ask you what your experience is working with both of these startups before we go back to Tina and find out what she's drinking. So, Dave, at Startup Focus, what, what do you, what's your involvement or engagement with Huru Systems and Enersys? 
Yeah, great. I, I've been working uh, quite closely with uh, Huru Systems, uh, not so much with Enersys. However, Enersys, I think, has a highly innovative platform uh, that's going to enable the future of utilities, as well as Huru Systems, that is working uh, with a number of very large utilities all throughout Latin America and really throughout the world to help uh, basically get better control over the, uh, the utilities. Uh, uh, business processes. So both of them are, are innovative on almost what I would call two different ends of the spectrum, but both driving innovation and utilities. Thank you very much, Dave. And now, Tina, you're in Switzerland today. What part of Switzerland? What's your weather like? What time of day it is? I'm so curious. I studied in Neuchâtel for a month in the summer, way, 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 way back. I can't even remember the year. It was a different millennium. It was a different century, actually. And I have very fond memories of being there. So, Tina, where are you today, and what are you drinking that makes you smile? Yeah, I'm in Zurich, uh, so that's the German-speaking part of Switzerland, while you were in the French-speaking part. Um, as uh, You might know Switzerland is a small country, but has four official languages, yes. um, apart from German and uh, French, it's also Italian and uh, the Romance, uh, which I'm not capable of speaking. Uh, my drink, yeah, um, <laughs> it is very Swiss, so I think most people won't know it. Maybe you experienced it at that time. Uh, it's called Rivella. It's a Swiss soft drink, and you only get it there, uh, maybe also in bordering areas, and it's impossible to describe what it is. So the only chance you have is come over here and test it, and either you like it or you hate it. Now, tell me the name of the drink again. I'm looking it up. What did you call it? It's Rivella. It's R-I-V-E-L-L-A. And it's, um, yeah, if I tell you that it's based on, like, milk serum, Everybody thinks like, Ugh. <laughs> but it You put milk good. and serum in the same sentence, you scare me, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's impossible to describe how it tastes. <laughs> I, I'm going to um, describe it. I found it on Wikipedia. It's a Rivella, R-I-V-E-L-L-A, is a soft drink from Switzerland created by Robert Barth, B-A-R-T-H, in 1952. It's produced from milk whey and therefore includes ingredients such as lactose, lactic acid and minerals. It comes in seven varieties. It was inspired by the municipality of Riva San Vitale in Canted Ticino and the Italian word for revelation, which is rivelazione. And they have red, blue, green, yellow, peach, rhubarb, cranberry, and mango. How about that? Tina, do I have the right drink? Is that it? That's exactly the one. And what's your favorite color or your favorite flavor? The, the red one. It's the original. The red one. There you go. I knew you were an original. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ian Nazari, where are you today, and what are you drinking that makes you happy? Well, when in California, I am uh, usually, you can be found early morning, uh, getting a uh, coffee at my favorite little spot in Lafayette. Lafayette, California is called Papillon, quality gourmet coffees. And... Um, it's uh, just a little side note. It's actually run by a lady that was a refugee from Cambodia um, and her family who escaped during the Vietnam-Cambodia uh, conflict and were refugees here. And she was just named um, woman leader of Lafayette. And she got a, uh, a recognition from the city. But uh, the unique coffee that they make is just absolutely fantastic. I, uh, went, I went for the first time about uh, six, seven years ago. And it is my uh, my go-to spot when I'm in California, especially in my hometown here of Lafayette, Moraga, where I live, where, where nice. I lived growing up. 
Very nice. That's a great story on so many levels, Ian, and you know what I'm talking about. Very yeah. interesting. Thank you. And it's it's good to promote and it's good to patronize local businesses that come from different cultures. It's a great idea. Thank you very much. And Mr. Katona, where art thou and what art thou drinking? You you have to do this every three weeks with me. Tell me what you're drinking. Anything new? I, I anything new, Dave? <laughs> I am I'm sitting in uh, in Palo Alto once again, overlooking the back hills of the uh, Stanford uh, University campus, uh, and uh, I've had some water this morning. Uh, I'd rather be drinking. Uh, it's so funny you mentioned cold brewed coffee that, uh, earlier. Yes. I, I'd rather be drinking a, uh, a, a, a basically a, a Thai or Vietnamese version of coffee, which is like my really my only favorite way to to drink coffee. Cold, <laughs> sweet, <laughs> with with uh, uh, condensed milk or uh, or even uh, coconut milk. So very interesting. That's what I would very much rather be drinking. You know what I do, Dave, with my cold coffee? I have an espresso, and sometimes I'll brew a, a big pot, and I only want a little bit. So I'll divide it into a couple of cups, and I'll refrigerate one. And then the next day, I'll put it into my little mini uh, Hamilton Beach little, little mini one-person blender. It's, it's a great device, great, great gift for anybody. And you just push the button and buzz it, and everything just blends. And I'll put the coffee with an ice cube, a little bit of 1% or 2% milk, a yep. little bit of agave, and half a banana. And let me tell you... That is really, really good for breakfast, and the coffee flavor is delicious, and that's how I use my, it wasn't cold brewed, it was hot brewed, but it's chilled, so it's a nice coffee banana drink, and there you go. But really, what we really need to say is that they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, so I will completely deny that I had any coffee, even decaf this morning, because it's a two-show day, and that's just the way we're going to go on record here. So we have learned who our panelists are, we found out their favorite drinks, and we are talking today about startups and utilities. Powering up people, saving billions, and that's billions with a B. We're speaking with Dr. Christina Tina Wertner at Enersys Suisse AG, Ian Nazari at Huru, H-U-R-U Systems, and Dave Catone at SAP Startup Focus. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We're going to take a quick 90-second pause that refreshes. Everybody drink up, and we'll be right back with so much more. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. You know the drill. Kevin out. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's globalized world, the competition for customers and marketplace has never been fiercer. Emerging technologies, especially those like big data, can help level the playing field and enable everyone from established enterprises to nimble startups to radically change the status quo. The bottom line, if you embrace technology, you can innovate your way to success. Big data is changing the way we live our lives and do business. Learn how with Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com With new companies like yours competing aggressively for top customers, your strategies and tools must level the playing field and position you well against your larger adversaries. Today, you are faced with global competition for both customers and talent that will drive your business. The bottom line, you need to define what's going to set you apart, and you need to embrace innovation in every facet of your company and your brand. Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Startup Focus with Game Changers. Indeed, let's. We're talking about utilities and startups. This happens to be unofficially Utilities Week on Game Changers Radio. Three of our five shows are focusing on that particular industry. Don't know why, but I think it's a great topic. So we're talking today with Dr. Tina Wertner at Enersys Suisse AG, Ian Nazari at Huru Systems, and Dave Katona at SAP Startup Focus Program. We are going to look at the notes Dr. Tina sent me before the show, and here's where we're going to start the roundtable. Tina says, and I quote, If utilities want to survive the energy transition, they need to transform into digital energy service providers. That sounds like a very forceful mantra. Tina, why don't you tell us more, please? Well, yeah, um, of course, it depends a little bit um, on the level of market liberalization and deregulation, um, which is different all around the world, um, as long as a utility holds a monopoly on customer access or also on the grid. Of course, the pressure is lower unless the pressure comes directly from the regulator. Um, So why is there a need to transform? Historically, the utilities had one task, provide reliable energy from the source of generation to the end users in their defined market areas. So electricity, for example, goes one direction. Sounds quite easy. I have to say I was quite impressed when I joined that industry that it's already a quite complex task uh, on the operational side because there are a lot of physics that you have to, to, uh, to follow, otherwise the, 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 the grid crashes. Um, but nowadays through this liberalization, but also new technologies, uh, renewable energy uh, sources, there are changes along the complete value chain. Um, even consumers, they decide to install their own PV panels. Um, they feed the grid. They get uh, additional uh, uh, revenue on that, so the utilities lose revenue. Um, they have pressure on the grid. They have to manage the grid because there's incoming uh, uh, energy from, let's say, the other side, <laughs> um, uh, which they have to, to, to get under control. Um, so they need additional measures, tools, services uh, um, to, to, to manage their operations, um, to provide, uh, um, get, get additional revenue through um, additional services, um, and in order to avoid heavy infrastructure investments. So some of the services are demand response, storage solutions, establishing microgrids, uh, integrating electric, electric vehicles into the grid, which are first of all, consumer, but also a storage uh, uh, device for, for energy. Um, so for that reason, I say the whole value chain at the moment is really being reshuffled. Um, the good news for all that players, I think, is that along the whole value chain, um, even though their physical assets are losing value, they have new assets, and that's data. Uh, so they sit already on a lot of data. We always call it the treasure box of, of, of the utilities from the operational technology, IT, the CRM systems, ERP, SCADA systems, planning systems. Um, so they can use that data to, to, to improve their processes, offer new services, as I just mentioned, platforms, uh, uh, 
uh, information platforms uh, they can offer to end customers to cities um, to transform. And that's the business model side. But what I also see that's the bigger challenge is also the cultural side that we have seen for many companies coming out of a monopoly into competitive markets. And I think that combination is a challenge um, that we, from a startup perspective, of course, want to support for them to be successful in the future. Thank you, Tina. Very interesting. And I'm noticing here in your notes, before we bring Ian and David on this, you say Europe will be the leading place for digitization of the utilities industry. Just quickly, why, why is it focused in Europe? Um, yeah, that, that comes back to the first uh, statement I made. Um, I think European markets, um, from, from a continent perspective, not just the national market, are uh, pretty much liberalized. Um, so you have uh, um, um, the separation of, 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 of generation of uh, the grid operations and also the retail part, while in other parts of the world um, that's not gone that far. Then it's an integrated market, so basically the whole European market uh, the countries depend on each other, so it's like if you take, for example, UK or also US, there have a lot of um, regional uh, uh, grids, uh, but Europe is completely uh, um, integrated, um, and that, that makes it a really a, a big challenge um, to manage. And um, yeah, I mean the, the pressure is extremely high for for the utilities. What we realize um, to find new business models uh, to improve their processes, improve their cost positions. Um, otherwise, some of them will just not survive. Thank you very much, Ian Nazari at Huru. Love to get your thoughts on what Christina just shared with us. Ian? I'm actually right on point with Christina. I, um, I, uh, again, I'm, I'm, again the, the whole concept of the changes that are happening in utilities are, 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 are monumental. And I think that, you know, I, I actually take a look at it from, from uh, the actual infrastructure, you know, and assets. I, I, I look at things from a, a physical assets point of view of uh, the management of, of, of the, the infrastructure. And the way I see it, um, I, look at, I look at technology, and I look at technology from, uh, from the physical assets, and I, I, I'm driven to the supply chain aspect of it, and new technology such as blockchain. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. blockchain enables the decentralization of management of assets. Okay, that means that assets eventually in the future uh, could be managed from a, from a central blockchain platform, um, which would be the supply chain of assets among all utilities. That means that you can actually literally eliminate the concept of utilities managing assets, where actually you could have a central organization just managing assets uh, uh, for a whole region such as Europe. And where now uh, the assets for a given territory could belong to, to, to one central bank. It doesn't necessarily have to be owned by the utilities. Uh, and it decentralizes that completely. Why is, why is blockchain very important in, in the visualization of the future of, of, uh, of utilities in terms of physical assets? Is that now you will ha- be able to have a, a sort of a uh, central location where you can track all physical assets and you can do maintenance of these physical assets by any company, any given company. It doesn't necessarily have to be mm-hmm. one given utility. It can actually be subcontractors uh, for a given territory, just optimizing uh, 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 local resources instead of having to send people you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 miles away, 100 miles away. You can have different little locations that are actually managing those assets real time. And I think that 
as technology advances, um, these, the whole paradigm in terms of how utilities or, or how energy is delivered is going to be completely different. Um, and where it's going to become much more efficient and, um, and decentralized. Today, it is, it is still um, monolithic, I guess you, you want to call it, and not efficient. And I believe that with the coming technologies that are, that are being presented, such as companies such as Christina, um, I would like to put myself in that, in that um, scenario as well, as, as well as many other technologies. Uh, we're going to see some serious disruptions in the industries in the coming years. Thank you, Ian. Very interesting. Dave Katona, thoughts on what Christina, Tina started and what Ian added? Please, your thoughts? Yeah, so a, a couple of points. One is I, I, I absolutely agree that uh, I, uh, Europe and, and uh, I look at uh, Germany, uh, France, and other, other countries as really leaders uh, driving uh, this digitization and what I call ultimately um, virtualization of utilities. Um, I worked with a, a company uh, about a year ago uh, that had a product that would enable and manage virtual solar microgrids that then a monolithic utility, as Ian just mentioned, could actually lease and leverage. So you could build solar panels on top of your existing building or on your property, and the utility would subsidize that and then actually use that as a generation station for them. And you look at the, the way things are going in utilities is I really think that that is the wave of the future where you're going to have generation literally from private citizens. And rather than pushing uh, that and, you know, potentially overloading the grid, that the utilities are actually going to want to leverage that because ultimately it will lower their costs. Um, to Ian's point, the virtualization also of uh Assets, asset management, etc. I, I, I definitely see huge potential savings for that, um, but it gets down to using innovation and technology in the right ways in order to enable all of these great visions uh, and changes in the marketplace. Um, you know, customers are literally getting smarter. I, I think they're the smartest in Europe, but uh, it really gets down to. How are you going to service this market? And it really comes from, you know, innovation and in both, you know, from a supply chain perspective, uh, the Ian focuses on all the way to Intersys when you can monitor entire grids, um, you know, uh, no matter what they look like. Thank you, Dave. Tina, I'm going to circle back to you and ask if you have any comments on the, the great commentary from Ian and from Dave on the topic you started for us. Tina? Yeah, I guess one, one point to mention why Europe is, of course, also um, there are subsidies in the market. That that's uh, out of question um, because I think it's also it's a political topic in, in the end, um, energy. Um, and I think there's a really, I mean, on, on all levels, down to the city level, um, uh, people are convinced uh, that uh, this energy transition has to um, has to succeed. Um, and I guess that's probably also apart from. From, from, from what's possible on the technology side, apart from the business side, um, I think it's, it's also the society and, and political side uh, that really plays an important role. Um, and, and I guess there in Europe um, is really is really in the lead. 
Thank you very much, Tina. Uh, Ian, I'm looking at your notes, and, and let's move away briefly from the virtualization, and let's look at the physical side of utilities and their assets. I'm going to read two statements from your notes. I'd like you to tie them together for us. This is very compelling, and it's I think it's a reality check. You say the theft of physical assets and the theft of energy are two of the biggest problems utilities face today. And then you also say... The visibility of installation, removal, and recycling of assets for reuse by utilities is also a big problem. Ian, could you put these together for me? Sure. Um, so there's there's um, various various situations that are occurring worldwide, um, and they a lot of them have to do with materials management and materials visibility. So one of the things uh, that that occurs in many countries uh, that they do they use subcontractors for actual installation of physical assets. So one of the things that occurs is that you, you give assets to a subcontractor and you lose that visibility of that asset because they, they're using a different platform for tracking those assets that are not linked to your system. So primarily what is, what is occurring in many countries is that when, um, field, for, for when assets actually leave a, shall we say, a warehouse, um, it sort of becomes like, like a black hole. And there is no link between, uh, no solid link between uh, the tracking of, of those assets and, uh, uh, and, and the maintenance of those assets and validation of those assets in subsequent visits to, to, to installations in the field. So what, what ends up occurring is that you, you, there's a couple things that can occur. Um, assets get lost or get so, sold in the, open, in the black market and they get installed in the field and thus the, the electricity theft occurs, right? So if I sell a meter... Um, they, they can be installed somewhere in, in, in an installation. Uh, you know, the, the utility doesn't know uh, that installation is actually active and, and, and delivering energy, and nobody's going there to validate it. So, our, uh, so what, what is required in the world is actually not only that, but that actually can pose a very big danger, right? So if, if, uh, if that, is, that, that mm-hmm. meter or, or, or any given asset is installed improperly, it can actually cause an explosion. It can cause electrocution of, of the given person or, or children that come and play in that area. So there, there is, there is a, a very big necessity to actually uh, validate assets throughout the whole process of installation and removal. During the removal process, many assets can get lost, okay? So um, they can actually be discarded, and actually these are good assets that could actually be reused by the utility, but actually they get disposed of or sold in the, in, in the open market because they're not being traced correctly back into the supply chain. So in essence, uh, we can remove, you know, uh, any given utility, uh, a utility with 7 million uh, customers uh, base could actually be removing somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 3,000 meters a day. Um, what happens to those meters? How do they get recycled back into the system to be reused properly and traced? Okay, how do they how do they get to be validated to be used again, or have they reached the end of the life cycle? Um, but not only that, obviously though, that that is a cash flow issue for the utility, and also that is a security risk for the utility in terms of uh, it going up in the open market, being resold, and actually theft of electricity occurring. So um, systems have to be able to validate assets, not only as they get removed from the field, but also when they are uh, being installed and verified subsequently uh, when, when someone goes out to check an installation in the future. 
Interesting, Ian. I'm, I'm just going to reflect a quick personal sidebar. I'm buying a home, a one-year-old home in another state, and I had an inspection report done. It looks like a very thorough one. And one of the comments was that the security tag was missing from the utilities meter, the electric meter on the outside of the home, and that needed to be fixed because it posed a problem. Ian, can you just explain that to me? What does the security tag mean in terms of, of I don't know, the security of the meter or the, the integrity of what's being reported? What is that? That's a fantastic question. Okay, um, it, it, it sounds very it, it sounds very dubious. What what does what does a tag do? In essence, yeah. what 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 is important is not necessarily that the tag is missing. Okay, what should have been said? Okay, what is that tag number? Who was responsible for that tag? And when was that tag given to that person? Why is that important? Okay, so if I'm a consumer, okay, and in India, I'll give you a perfect example. A consumer can actually have an installation of, uh, of an electric meter. And his meter can actually be feeding electricity to two neighbors. And he could be selling that electricity to neighbors and stealing electricity from the utility. So in this case, when, when there's a tag missing, I need to know when, when that meter was installed and, and, and run a check to see if there's a standard deviation in consumption of energy. And if there is a standard deviation in consumption of energy, there's, there, there's a possibility that the meter was tampered with so that it could actually be registering less use of, energy, of electricity, right? So, in essence, it, it, the, the meter is faulty. It's actually showing less consumption than it actually should. And that's why a tag is very important. It's like, wait a second. There may be something wrong with this meter. Let's run an analytics. Let's see if there's a reduction, a, a standard deviation of the, of the regular consumption over the last five years. If there is, let's test the meter see if it's actually tampered with, and if it's tampered with, let's do and back bill the previous customer. Ah, good. As long as it goes to them and not to me. They're the ones who have already moved out. I'm, I'm moving in, so thank you very much. Ian, I want to make That's sure we right. have time to get, get Dave. Thank you for that, Dave and Tina, in on this conversation. Dave, thoughts on what we're talking about here? I know that's one of your notes uh, as well, Dave, about in Brazil and Latin America struggling with people stealing power from the grid. So, Dave, why don't you comment on Ian's topic and add, add your flavor to that, please? Yeah, so I, I think Ian's absolutely correct, and, and, and there, there are regional issues um, uh, to deal with, uh, uh, you know, in, in Latin America, um, uh, in parts of uh, Asia as well. Um, in, each region seems to have their own specific issues, and uh, I have met with uh, a couple of uh, Brazilian utilities uh, uh, recently, and it, it's fascinating to see them go through the transformation of wanting to upgrade their infrastructure, uh, leveraging uh, these, you know, uh, subcontractors, et cetera, and having to deal literally with theft um, from both uh, the, the people that work for and with them and the people that actually consume the service they're providing. And so there's this in- interesting dichotomy as they're trying to transform. And one, um, one utility actually is uh, going towards uh, renewable energy and using, you know, want to install a bunch of solar panels. And that adds a whole other level of complexity of how are they going to manage that. Uh, well, installing a new grid, so I, it's 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 an interesting challenge, and um, that's why in, in in Europe they have a different challenge because they're really incented to reduce their consumption and, and be, you know provide more sustainable energy. 
And so they have a different challenge, but it's, it's definitely a, a, a huge issue. And uh, all, th- all throughout uh, Latin America and, and in different parts of Asia, it's, it's, and it, it comes down to how are they going to monitor, track, trace, and validate uh, each asset uh, throughout uh, its life cycle and, and throughout the grid. Definitely a challenge. Thank you. Tina, want to get your mm-hmm. voice in here. What do you think about Ian's topic and what Dave added, please? I, I think even Europe has that challenge. Um, as far as I know, Italy introduced smart meters just because of that energy theft uh, topic and uh, obviously improved with the, with the smart meters. Um, and even Germany, uh, talking to some uh, some of the grid operators there, uh, we heard that issue maybe on another level and for different reasons, but uh, the issue is there as well. Um, I also want to come back to to. to statement on, on tagging assets or tracking assets I think that's, mm-hmm. a, that's basically that's a base um, because what we have seen and I'm just discussing with utilities introducing big data analytics real time simulation whatever it always comes down to the point uh, very often the the basics are missing. Uh, having an overview about uh, the assets, having a, an overview about base data on customers and everything. So um, uh, knowing where which substation is, uh, which parts are in there. Um, so I think that that really gives a, a major improvement for utilities and also for s- solutions like ours. Uh, then working with data, um, having having exact data, digital uh, digitalized. Um, to improve the output because otherwise you have, um, yeah, shit in, shit out, excuse my French, <laughs> what I always say. Huh? You have to set the, the stage, have the basics right, and then you can talk about the analytics. Thank you very much. Ian, I'm going to let you wrap this one up. Dave, you're going to have to forgive me, but that's why I, I added one of your notes in there when we were talking about Ian's topic because we're just about at the crystal ball predictions round. So, Dave, I think we, we got some interesting notes from you in there. Ian, uh, quickly comment on what Dave and Tina added to your topic about power theft. Quick quick comment from you, please. Um, I, I Actually, I can totally appreciate um the, the technology that Tina brings to, to the table. I, um, one of the biggest things that we, we have to look at is uh, Tina, Tina is so far ahead in terms of what her t- technology delivers today, um, you know, a solution that is going to be extremely important in the future. The digitization of information uh, for uh, an energy optimization it is, one of the, it is one of the most uh, hot topics today uh, in terms of where where energy delivery is going to be going in in the future, and the complexities that are going to be coming on board as consumers start generating electricity themselves, and 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 having having your finger on 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 that pulse uh, is extremely important. Um, that being said, you know Dave's Dave's vision in terms of uh, the, the revolution that is occurring is is also uh, on point. We, we, one of the things that I that I that I uh, I, I love seeing is is people's uh, passion in this in this field because there is so much to be done. There is absolutely so, and it is daunting. Okay, it is daunting, and sometimes, and I think that Tina will agree with me, is that um, utilities are. They're they're very slow to change, and they're mm-hmm. they're very um, they're 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 somewhat like afraid to change uh, because they're very happy in 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 their in their in their in their world. Um, ho- however, consumers are changing uh, that because they are pushing the agenda. They're saying, "Look, I want I want to change. I want a different. I want options. 
I want solar. You know, I, I, I want aeolic. I want, I want water energy. I want all these different. Uh, why? Because I know that 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 technology is there. I want to take part in that. I don't want to use old technology. I want new. I want to deliver. I want to be delivered uh, a better solution. Uh, not only not only because of for for my own sake, but for 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 the world. For for the world is is a paradigm shift in terms of hey, we want renewables, and with that, we want the technology to support that. And that is what we, what I believe this panel is bringing to the table. Thank you very much, Ian. And you know what? I have a feeling you dipped your toe into the crystal ball predictions round already. So I'm going to circle back to Tina. <laughs> Tina, I can give you 60 seconds for your prediction. Then I'll go to Dave and Ian. I'll let you wrap up the predictions because I think you already did yours. So, Tina, <laughs> what do you see in the crystal ball from the perspective of your role at Intersense? I was thinking that you were saying when Ian started talking because uh, yeah, it's exactly that challenge of an industry that's rather slow, but on the other hand, we have digitization, technology, citizens uh, with more awareness on the other side. So it's difficult to say what happens in those, those, those three years. Um, however, what I would like to bring up to the table is um, that in those three years, I think the topic of CO2 pricing will come up again because somehow the Paris Agreement's nations have to show something. Um, so I guess in the next three years we see some more discussions and probably also outcomes on new carbon taxes on a, a global scale and also the platforms to provide transparency on those, on those topics um, to all relevant players, including citizens. Thank you very much. Ian, I'm going to jump over you, leapfrog over you, and let Dave do his predictions, and I'll finish with Ian. Dave Katona, predictions. I've got a whole 60 seconds for you, Dave. Make it work. Go ahead. Great. I, uh, I, I look at uh, the future in such a way um, that I'm predicting, certainly from uh, a U.S. perspective, that uh, the, the citizens will be driving uh, a lot of the behavior of the utilities. And you'll see much more of a, what I call a, a socialization uh, of, of energy consumption uh, with the application of, you know, smart appliances, IoT devices, smart meters, smart thermostats, and the ability for people to actually build their own microgrids is going to completely transform and force uh, utilities to completely rethink uh, how they operate today, and it's already happening in specific areas within the U.S., um, but I, I see it as a, as a real global event. And back to the, the, the Paris Agreement, I absolutely agree that it's going to have to be tied back to sustainability, CO2 emissions, and how we uh, provide uh, you know, better uh, renewable energy sources and reduce our energy usage. It's going to continue to grow. Uh, thank you, Dave. I'm going to have to cut you. I want to give a thank you. And Ian, exactly 60 seconds. Use them well. Go ahead, Ian. All right. Um, I, uh, I, I find that everybody already has heard this a million times, but um, I think that um, the paradigm shift that has to do with uh, uh, big data analytics, predictive analytics, and IoT are, are really um, – are all just the foundation for the eventual implementation of AI in these systems. I think that um, AI has has a, uh, a potential to re- revolutionize not only the utility industry uh, globally and, and renewable energies and so forth, but uh, have wide-ranging implications in society uh, in the future. My uh, my take is that once once these um, 
uh, these these comments such as big data analytics, predictive analytics, and IOTs become a house, household uh, um, uh, method of communicating in terms of what's going to happen. Uh, that very soon after the, the implementation or, or the, the full implementation of these solutions, AI will be coming on board and uh, really optimizing everything to um, to a level that we don't even we don't even can fathom um, today. Thank you very much, Ian. Dr. Tina Wertner at Intersys Suisse, thank you so much. Ian Nazari at Huru Systems, again, I'm glad you survived your flu. Dave Katona, always a pleasure. And thank you to Kevin Gassman at World Talk Radio, our engineer extraordinaire today. Oh, my, two shows almost back-to-back, both talking about utilities. You think there's something there? Of course there is. So I'm going to do my shout-out right now. By the way, Christina Sosa has been tweeting and listening. Thank you, Christina, for putting together this extraordinarily articulate one well-spoken and forthcoming panel and a shout out to Manju Banzal at SAP for sponsoring this series. So here we go. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Be like Tina. Be like Ian. Be like Dave. Go out and be a game changer today. That's an order. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Business Channel with another live edition of Coffee Break with Game Changers. You don't want to miss that. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Startup Focus with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. And please join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.